All right, join me in James chapter one, if you would. I'll have the scripture up here, but I always love to see you open your Bibles if you have one and see it for yourself. We've been in this letter that the apostle James wrote and um, I want us to, to see how practical it continues to be. Thus far, we have seen the truth we need to know when we experience hardship, and that's just reality of life. We all experience hardship. What do we need to know? We've seen the truth we need when we experience a need for wisdom. We're really not sure what to do, specifically often in our hardship. The truth we need to know when we are tempted, because all of us are tempted every single day, multiple times. What do we need to know when we are tempted. We, we need to know that's not from God, but that's a trap. And if it's not from God, it's not good. And that temptation given into it would be contrary to who he has made me in Christ. Because what have we said multiple times already this morning? If I'm in Christ, I'm a new person. Old things have passed away. New things have come. And so the things I once thought, the things I once did, the way I once reacted, I don't need to do that anymore. Because no temptation, that promise that Matt read for us. So this morning, the truth we need to know when we are angry. For the next hour, it'll be the truth we need to know when we're hangry, because they'll be hungry. So why would he deal with anger right after dealing with temptation? Not hard to figure out, is it? It's like, if one common way in which men and women alike are often tempted every single day is the temptation to be, to be angry. Have you been angry yet today? It's early, right? <laughs> it's coming, probably. Temptation to be angry. And I don't mean like throw stuff, kick stuff, break things, punch through walls stuff, angry. That might happen today. But, you know, we like to say, Christian, I've been frustrated, <laughs> bothered, just rubbed me wrong. But we're just angry. What do we need to know when we are angry? This is not a disconnected. This is just a continuation of a real guy dealing with real things in our life and what we really need to know this time when we are angry. So, two simple verses this morning. We'll see it flow into next week. But two verses about when we are angry. This you know, my beloved brethren. But everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Why? For the anger of man does not, say it, achieve the righteousness of God. All right, so uh, what do we need to know when we are angry? When he starts with, this you know, my beloved brethren. It's kind of unique. Uh, what's he mean, this you know, my beloved brethren? <laughs> I think what he's saying is the anger of man, which is what we're talking about, that's what the text said, the anger of man, there is an anger of God, a righteous anger, but that's not what this text is talking about. 
So we're not going to talk about that this morning. We're talking about the anger of man. The anger of man is a known problem. This you know, brother. And in, other, in other words, none of us really probably, when I just read those two verses, went, wow, really? When I'm angry, I'm not accomplishing God's righteousness? No. We all knew that. But it's been happening. You've known that. And you've been angry. And you still knew it. And you've still been angry. In other words, anger, anger is one of those things that we have just learned to live with. It's a known problem, often ignored. Question, as you write that down, it's a known problem, often ignored. Is anger an issue with church people? <laughs> That's funny. I never see you angry in here. You've noticed that? Every once in a while, we see an angry person at church, but angry people, who are we talking about, us? Us? <laughs> angry people know how to hide it when they need to. Don't you? Man, what happens in the church, at church so different than what happened in the car? Coming to church. They can pick up on the way home again. Now, that ought to tell you something. That ought to tell you my anger that I can't control, I actually, I can. So, um, this is a real thing that we know about, but we often ignore. We have learned there's places we're just going to let it fly, right? And then there's other places where we've got to rein it in. The anger of man, it's a known problem, often ignored. What else do we learn about the anger of man? The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. It doesn't achieve God's righteousness. When we're angry... Uh, then, uh, in other words, simply when we're angry, the anger of man, it's not reflecting the heart of God, the character of God. It doesn't achieve his righteousness. Again, there is an anger that is righteous. I, I don't deny that. But that's not what James is talking about. He is talking about an anger that does not achieve his righteousness. So, therefore, the anger of man is, in this text, it is sinful anger. That wasn't a hard conclusion, but I want to make sure we just see what we're saying here. The anger of man, a known problem that we're ignoring that doesn't achieve God's righteousness, and if it doesn't achieve God's righteousness, then for it is sinful anger. So we have a sin problem we know about, we just keep living with, ignoring. What makes it... Sinful anger. Three quick thoughts and then I'll try to demonstrate. Uh, the anger of man is sinful because we're angry at what God is not. Which is a, a fabulous question to ask yourself. Is God, is God as ticked off about this as I am? And most times, I'm ticked off about stuff that God's not really ticked off about. You know what I'm saying? You, is, is God angry when I get cut off 
on San Jose. No, he's really not bothered by that. Bothered. I am. Some of you know I, I love to hit tennis. But if you played me, you'd pretty quickly learn, wow, his backhand is terrible. I should hit it to his backhand. And then I'd be angry at you. And I'd be angry at me. In fact, I literally, uh, I I was a a believer in high school. And I would have actually loved to play tennis in high school, except there was no way that I could play tennis and still maintain any sort of testimony that I was a Christian. (laughs) It was a known problem that I was so just, I would, like no other place, just rage. Get so mad. Some of you are like, hmm, I'm... You've sent your golf club into orbit, <laughs> right? It's just, it's just different racket. We're talking about the same stuff. And God, I don't think God is like, oh, I am so angry at Doug's backhand. <laughs> so I'm just angry about it. I'm angry at stuff that God's not. I'm not really angry at Jackie. See, this is the Christian part now. I'm not really angry at Jackie, but, I, but when, like this morning, she's just up, she just has her cup of coffee, and I was like, hey, what do you want to do today? And I'm starting to plan out her day. You know what she loves to say? Can I just enjoy my coffee first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I'm bothered she doesn't want to plant. She's bothered that... I want to plan already. Can I just have my coffee? And I don't think God's bothered at all about either of those things. You see what I'm saying? So it's, the anger of man is just stuff we're angry about that God's not. Uh, The anger of man is simple because we respond in ways that that God would not. I'll unpack that in a moment. But we respond in ways reserved for God. We... uh, very clearly, the scripture says, vengeance is mine. But oftentimes, our anger is expressed in, I'm going to pay you back now. I cannot wait on the Lord. Now, you don't think it that clearly or that righteously. You're just going reactively, reflexively. They hurt you. You're angry. You're going to repay. We respond in ways reserved for the Lord. The anger of man, which for many of us, though we don't see it here, and we've, we've made a little bit light of it, because if we don't, we'll cry, seriously, because um, some of you deal with angry family members, and you're putting on a smile now, but you, you feel it at home. Or you deal with an angry boss or an angry coworker or an angry child. And there's nothing funny about that. It's just so much damage. But we express it differently. Kind of the typical, the manner in which we typically express our anger is demonstrated by Thor's hammer. You know what I mean by that? When you're angry and you just want to crush. You, someone, and 
you just want to. You want to you want to hurt him. And, and it's it's destructive, right? Yeah, it, it's a there is a your anger comes out like a hammer. It's not always like that. Sometimes you're more stealthy and you're more a, a stab in the back person or a, a jab. And then it happened at breakfast, but a, a moment in the afternoon, you just jabbed him. And you just kind of jab all day long. It's not a hammer. It's a dagger. The passive-aggressive from a distance, you just throw darts. They never see it coming. Just... Mm. You a dart thrower with your, you see what I'm saying? Uh, one of these objects, you're going to go, he's looking at me. <laughs> that, this is the way uh, I do it. I, I just pound people. I uh, throw darts. I use cutting words. Oh, I, some of you are really good with words. And people around you have literally said to you, I just can't compete with your words. And you're not loud or aggressive. You just cut with words. <laughs> Stuffers. Any stuffers until you, until you blow? And everybody puts up to it, and then they see it, and they're like, run. Cover your ears. Because sooner or later, uh, that's going to blow. Some of you are... Uh, <laughs> wow. Thought you'd see that coming. <laughs> you get loud? <laughs> yes. yes. In other words, you get loud to intimidate, to, sh to shut down. It's oftentimes, it's like puff up. Get loud. Intimidate, scare. Really? What's this? This is for saving it for later. <laughs> Store it up. Add a little bit more. Store it up and you, you store up your anger. In other words, to what? To, to use it 
when it will be most effective. You bloop. Just plan, plan, plan. In fact, um, sometimes the more Christian we are, we learn not to swing hammers, throw darts, or jab. We just live inside our heart and head planning. Dare I even say fantasizing of how we would get them. We're not going to. But if nobody ever knew, here's what I really want to say. Here's really what I want to do. Blueprints that never get built. But you find, you just find that satisfaction in the idea of what you could do, what you could say. No, it's not good. <laughs> it, it, I understand. It, it, it reveals our heart. And, and you see, some of us can go, I don't do this. And therefore, I get to, I feel like I can ignore my, my anger because I've, lot, I've learned not to, to just beat people up anymore. I used to be loud. Darts are better than loud, aren't they? You see what I'm saying? Sometimes our dealing with anger is actually just changing the ways we express it that feel and seem a little bit more acceptable and a little more protecting of reputation in the process. But it's not causing us to live in a relational way that actually anymore achieves the righteousness of God. See, I don't want us to miss the fact that the core problem with the anger of man is it grieves the work of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. It shuts it down. Again, it may be because we're, not, we're angry about stuff that God's not, or we're expressing it in ways that God will not, or it might be both. But understand, whether it's with your spouse, whether it's with your kids, whether it's with your coworkers, if people are like, whoa, whoa, you have an anger issue. However it's revealed, it's shutting down the work of God in your life and through. So how do we not just make it more acceptable, but how do we become sinfully angry Less. Not less sinfully angry. Did you see the difference? Less, not, not less sinfully angry. Sinfully angry less. How? Let's look at the uh, text again. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be 
quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. So, this might seem like a strange option, or a strange remedy, I should say. But really, being quick to listen is what the scripture deals with how to deal with our anger. Be quick to listen. Why? Well, I think number one, sinful anger is often rooted in lack of understanding. So I'm angry. I don't understand. And if we were quick to listen, we would gain understanding and not be less sinfully angry, but sinfully angry less. So let's, let's seek to be people who seek to, to understand. Think about where you get angry, where God's not angry, and ask yourself, what don't I understand about that? Or about me? This might seem a little strange, but at heart, be more curious. This is, <laughs> this can be so simply practical of being more curious, ask more questions. Uh, I have, and my only, I have a reluctance, honestly, I've been, been honest with you about, uh, I was going to use the word frustration, angry, uh, I can get driving. And I've said to myself, Doug, be careful. Don't allow this to be some, something that you just live with and ignore because, hey, you've confessed it to the church, so now it's all better. I just need to keep confessing to you. And that doesn't, doesn't bring about any change. So here's a practical, a practical step that I have sought to apply about that anger. And that is simply this. When someone cuts me off to ask, I wonder why they're in such a hurry. And that might seem like a stupid question, but that actually causes me to think this is a real person who, have you ever been in a hurry? See, I've been in a hurry and ever cut somebody off when you were in a hurry. But you were justified in doing that. See, you gave yourself, I, I am very okay with, well, uh, I know that wasn't great, but I needed to. Or I needed to rush. I, I, I needed to be like, I needed to go, go, go. And so I, I excuse myself. I'm not justifying behavior. I'm simply identifying by asking a question. I uh, wonder, wonder what causes them to be in a hurry. Wonder why they feel like they can't wait. I, I have those reasons. And it creates an understanding 
Maybe this won't make a difference for you. It it's, makes a difference for me when I ask that question and I think about their situation and I understand they may just be rude or there may be something actually real driving that because there's really some things that I, oh, I wasn't thinking and all of a sudden I have to make this, I have to cut in the other lane. And I think, what are you thinking? And then I think, well, for sometimes that's because I was thinking about something else. You see what I'm saying? Uh, quick to listen and so you go, well, you never ask them a question. I, just, I, need, I asked the question that I couldn't ask them of myself, and it's making a difference. Now, that's, that's simply on the road. Maybe you're, you're angry with a person at work, and you don't understand their life. You don't understand what's going on. And if you did, if you were more curious, ask more questions. Here's what I think. When, when you're more curious and you ask more questions, it gives oxygen for compassion to actually blossom. Um, a man, just a man who, in a position like mine, so frustrated with a guy who would always come and sit in like the third row at church and then immediately fall asleep. I was like, why do you do that? And then he finally heard the man was dealing with a sickness. He had to take medication that made him so tired. But he loved church so much that even though he missed most of it, he desperately wanted to be there. And the pastor finally went, oh, what a fool I've been. I've been angry about something I didn't, didn't understand. That might make a difference. Seek to understand. Be quick to listen. Not only quick to hear, but what was next? Slow to speak. Slow to speak. So in other words, if you're from Alabama, you'll be angry less. No, that's not. <laughs> it's not about the pace by which you speak your words. It's about what? Uh, it's about not the pace you speak, but the words that you, you choose to speak. The beauty of being... <laughs> Slow to speak is it allows you to be quick to listen. All right. Um, they don't know I'm going to do this and they might hate me forever, but Adam and Holly, come on up here. <laughs> you should have seen Holly's face. <laughs> All right. Come on up here. This is Adam and Holly Hebert. Uh, come on over here, Adam. Right. There you go. You get to use this microphone. Uh, here's what you're going to do. They're husband and wife, by the way, so I'm creating <laughs> marriage discord in front of us right here. Uh, Adam, I want you to think about 
what you did this weekend, and even if you think Holly already knows, I want you to describe in as much detail what you did this weekend in 30 seconds, okay? Just a second. Uh, and Holly, in as much detail as you can, I want you to describe what you hope to do this coming week. You're talking this weekend. You're this coming week in as much detail as you want, all right? Is that, is that something you can do? All right. Something you can do? Yes. All right. Um, Adam, I want you to go first, and Holly, I want you to go first as well. Okay? <laughs> so, go. I'd like to hang that picture in our bedroom. It's going to happen today. <laughs> no, no. no what you're, you you're about your weekend. Tell us about your week and tell us about your week. I think we hung, we hung out with friends on Friday. I would like to continue to uh, work on our yard. <laughs> I'd like to get our floors done. <laughs> I'd really like to do our kitchen if we're just really talking. <laughs> Redo the whole kitchen. <laughs> you know that pocket door I've been talking about? I'd like to get that done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. What, what did we learn about this situation? First of all, give him a hand. Thank you very, very much. Yeah. <laughs> what did we learn about that situation right there? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be really busy. Um, <laughs> I had Matt and Tony do it on Thursday night, and it was just interesting. Two guys, they, they talked nonstop. Adam was like... Why, why weren't you talking? Because it's so hard to talk and listen at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, if you think, wow, what was wrong with them? You try this. Now, some of you are going, no, that's our marriage right there. You just, you, just, I, you just never saw it from a distance before like that. It's really, really hard to talk and listen at the same time. Now, some people do it. Talk <laughs> when they're supposed to be listening. And what's happening? And they're generally not they're not listening. This is not super complicated. Very few children, hopefully, in the room, but sometimes you just need to shut up. Now, that's, that's a loose translation of the text. <laughs> but uh, be quick to listen. Ah, that's hard. Well, then shut up. If you'll shut up, you'll be able to be quick to listen. That seems so basic. It, and it's at the heart of us who have anger issues that nobody in the church knows about because we hide it here, but everybody at home knows it because it comes out there. Everybody at work knows it because it comes out there. And the scriptures just giving you some Wherever your anger comes out, however your anger comes out, some really practical advice. Two ears, one mouth, exercise these first, 
Don't try and exercise them both at the same time. Be slow to speak so you can be quick to listen. Here's the other three quick benefits to being slow to speak. If you're slow to speak, you can speak accurate words. Right? In other words, when you're angry and you're not slow to speak, oftentimes you speak words that actually aren't accurate at all. You overstate, you exaggerate. They're not accurate. They're fast, but they're not accurate. So I can speak the appropriate amount of words. <laughs> More words always win. <laughs> no, that, that wasn't in the text, by the way. More words always win. You know what actually the Bible says about more words? Where there are many words, sin abounds. So, slow to speak so I can speak accurate words, so I can speak the appropriate amount of words, so I can use helpful tone and expression. funny we think so much about the words we say but we often also recognize that how we say what we say how we say what we say makes all the difference two people can say the same exact content with dramatically different expression and tone and communicate the exact opposite So slow to speak. Why? So I can speak accurate words. The appropriate amount of words. And my face usually just gives away what's boiling on the inside. So if I'm slow, what am I doing? I'm allowing the, the boil so at least get down to simmer so that my face doesn't ruin appropriate words. Your face can ruin appropriate words. Your tone can completely undermine correct words, even correct amount of words. We, we know this, all of us know this by experience because with any humility of heart and desire to reconcile, all of us have gone back after we were not slow to speak and confessed. I didn't say accurate words. I said too many words. Have you never gone back and said, I said things I should not have said because I was angry? Not an excuse. It's a reason to be slow to speak. So I don't say too many words. So I say, don't say stuff that I'd have to come back and go, I know I should have never said that. Because of the way I said it. 
We've all had to apologize for these things that would be remedied if we would be slow to speak. You tracking? I know it's hard. I know it's hard. If this was easy to do, we'd all do it. I, I know in the moment you just want to swing, store, you want to do something. And the biblical wisdom is if you do something quickly, say something quickly, you're probably going to sin. So don't. And don't lead with. I know I probably shouldn't say this. Because that didn't make it better. You should have listened to yourself. But have you never given your... I know I shouldn't say this, but you gave yourself permission by actively admitting that you shouldn't have said it. So, this is why we're slow to speak. So that, when we're slow to speak, we can actually be an instrument of God. We can, when we're slow to speak, be one who achieves the righteousness of God versus an instrument of the flesh. See, an instrument of God is one submitted to the Holy Spirit. And what's the fruit of the Spirit as it, we think about the opposite of sinful anger, gentleness, Kindness, goodness, self-control. Our anger usually is a, a reflection how we express our anger usually is the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. So slow to speak allows me to be. Now, it doesn't mean, it's, it's not a guarantee but it's a key part of the process. You could be slow to speak because all you were doing was taking the entire time to sharpen your words and to practice your dart. So don't misunderstand. You could be slow to speak and still be sinfully angry. But the goal is slow to speak so it's not a reaction of the flesh. It's giving time to understand, and understand will give oxygen to compassion to blossom, not anger. This you know, one last run at the text. This you know, my beloved brethren, everyone. Can you imagine everyone being quick to listen? It'd be like really quiet. Many words, sin abounds. Quick to listen, quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to, slow to anger. And this, one, this one took me a bit to, to wrestle with. Slow to anger? Is he saying, if you're going to be sinfully angry, delay as long as possible? <laughs> you know, put it off, put it off, mortgage it. <laughs> I don't think he's saying... That just, you're going to get there, just get there as slowly as possible. I think he's saying, be slow to anger, because if I'm slow to anger, I'll be sinfully angry less. In other words, if I'm slow getting there, I often 
won't get there. I think, I, I think every single one of us, if we've experienced victory in anger, we know this one. If I was quick to hear and slow to speak, then I was slow to anger, and therefore I didn't get there. And if I got there, then actually I may be at righteous anger instead of sinful anger. Think of it this way. Treat your anger like a teenager treats their chores. (laughs) Meaning what? (laughs) Delay becomes undone. Really. Delay becomes undone. And when we, and he gave us, I think, the remedy for how do I get, how do I become slow to anger? Well, I'm quick to listen, slow to speak. I've asked, is God angry about this? And the delay will become the undone. One more scripture regarding speed to anger. Do not associate with a man given to anger. You might want to write this text in your notes. Proverbs 22. I'm going to show you 24 and 25. Do not associate with a man given to anger. Or go with a hot-tempered man. Hot-tempered is simply another way of saying what? A person who is quick to anger. Just flashes of anger. What you and I might call a bad temper, a hothead. Do not associate with a man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man. Why not? (laughs) Or you'll learn his ways. Hmm. Or you'll learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. His snare will become your snare. Your speed to anger is influenced by the speed to anger of your friends. It doesn't make it their fault. Okay? I'm not excusing your anger because you have angry friends. Because some of you are going, well, I could... I can disassociate with my friends, but not my spouse. I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm saying by recognize you're not helping your own anger issue when you choose to voluntarily associate with folks who are hot-tempered. You will learn that. Could the opposite be true? Yeah, I hope you see it. Begin to associate. Watch a person who is actually quick to listen, slow to speak, who seeks to understand, and you can learn that way as well. So let me ask you to uh, ask yourself just a practical question. Most of us recognize in some way, some form, some place, sinful anger part of our life. Would you, and some of you put your notes away, would you identify 
I'm not asking you to speak it out loud. Would you identify one, just one thing that you go, yeah, this would make a difference in my life that we talked about this morning? One thing. Maybe it really is quick to listen. I need to ask, I need to ask some questions. Or maybe it is, I need to choose my words more carefully, so I've got to slow it down or shrink the amount of words I use. Some specific. See, if you don't take something specific away this morning, guess what? Nothing's going to change. You're just going to be the sinful, angle, sinfully angry person that people are already experiencing. So I want to encourage you, take at least one action point away. And now this. He says, beloved brethren. That was in the text, beloved brethren. In other words, let's not miss where we started. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. New things have come. This is not a self-help talk this morning. If you are not in relationship with Christ, you're still a slave to sin. But if you are in Christ, the Spirit of God lives in you. And you can ask him and present yourself to him. Lord, make me new in this area. I don't want to be this damaging person any longer. So bow with me, and if you would, just very humbly, very simply, would you say that to the Lord? Ask him to bring about a change in your anger in the expression of it. Invite him to make you more like Jesus in this very specific area. Thank you, Lord. We have everything that we need for life and for godliness. That we can walk in newness of life because of our identity in Christ and Christ in us. Would you change us to the blessing and the joy of those around us? Let's stand and sing together.
His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, He died for me. Who the Son sets free, oh, is free. today. Friends, I want to invite you again as we look to uh, this Holy Week, as we call it, Thursday night and Friday night at 7 o'clock, we're going to meet together to turn our attention to the cross. And we know the full story, that Christ died, was buried, and rose again. But we're going to concentrate on the cross and then also uh, be reminded of what that means for us, that we are now children of God because of the work of God. So I hope you will take out that hour and a half or so of your time, Thursday night or Friday night. Um, we'll have some desserts in the courtyard afterwards. It will be well worth your time. And I uh, pray that the Spirit would meet you here uh, as He hopefully has today. And if we can pray for you in any way, we have men and women who are available between the auditoriums that are always there to pray with you. Uh, God bless. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you on Thursday or Friday. <laughs>